Welcome back, streamers. I am your host, Jason Gray, and this is not the Blood Stream. This is instead more of a, uh, uh, let's call it a tributary to the Blood Stream. A, a, a blood rivulet, if you will. Actually, the name I'm kind of going with this is uh, Blood Droplets. This is a little bit of a side project I wanted to do in conjunction with Bloodstream since I've been lax on doing that. Uh, largely because I've just been watching so many more streaming movies lately because there's so many more streaming movies lately. And there is no way I could do every single movie I've seen that I feel is worth talking about in the level of detail I would like to do and with the level of production that the Bloodstream main show requires. I'm having enough trouble sit sitting my ass down to do the full production for a Bloodstream episode as it is, but I do still come across movies that I would like to talk about, and in a lot of cases there just isn't enough to necessitate sitting down and doing a fully produced episode. Plus this also gives me the excuse to just sit my ass down, speak a bit more extemporaneously off the top of my head, and not have to to think too hard about nailing a script that I've written out. It's basically bloodstream light. Instead of going through plot point by plot point, I'm just going to sit down and basically give some of the highlights, if there is any, because as you know, some of the movies I've seen, there are zero highlights. And just basically do a short, quick mini-review of what I've seen. And a lot of this is because I've recently started using Tubi a bit more. T-U-B-I-T-V.com, Which has a gigantic selection of movies. And they're constantly adding to it, and a lot of them are exactly the sort of trash we love to talk about here. So this is something I've been wanting to do for a while, and I just saw a movie a few days ago that has kind of got this bug back in my brain, really wanting to sit down and just babble about a movie that... Oh, God. So bad. I I'm getting ahead of myself. I, I kind of don't really have a format for this show yet. I it really is just going to be me sitting down and talking for 20-30 minutes, and hopefully just being able to sit down and talk and not have to worry about producing... I can throw out more regular episodes and then do a a more fully uh, expanded bloodstream further down the road. But at least this way, you're getting something. Anyways, that's a long way of saying I'm really lazy, but I still love talking at a microphone. And I've been seeing a lot of movies lately that you guys need to hear about. Possibly so you can avoid them. Now, the movie for this first episode, I watched a few days ago, and I'm already trying to force it out of my memory, so I'm likely going to get some of the details wrong, but the upside to that is that there aren't a whole lot of details to remember with this movie, uh, you'll hear what I mean in just a second. To cut to the chase, the f very first movie that we are going to talk about here on Blood Droplets is something I found on Tubi called Real Cases of Shadow People. The Sarah McCormick story. Now, the reason why this caught my interest is because... I've actually seen Shadow People. It is a subject that fascinates me, and while I'm a skeptic and I've come around to the side of things that say it's really just uh, sweet paralysis, 
and it's in those moments where your brain hasn't quite unlocked your body and it, it, it is still in nightmare mode. It is still a fascinating subject to me and is one of the few things that gets my paranoia going. Shadow People is the one topic that actually gets to me. So when I see a movie about Shadow People, what do I naturally do? I decide, hey, I'm going to watch this at 2 o'clock in the morning. All alone. In the dark. What can possibly go wrong? Uh, well, what can possibly go wrong is called Real Cases of Shadow People, the Sarah McCormick story. <laughs> this movie had a solid enough idea for a found footage movie. But like a lot of found footage movies, it doesn't know when to stop. But I don't quite mean that in the normal found footage sense. A problem with the found footage subgenre is that, and I've talked about this on the main show before, so I'll try to keep this quick. It's tough to have an ending to a found footage movie because the logical conclusion is everyone is dead. And typically that means you've killed your cameraman. So very frequently the end of a found footage movie is like the Blair Witch Project where the camera falls to the ground, films for a few seconds, and then stops. It's just one of the tropes we've come to expect from this sort of movie. That is not the problem here. It, to be clear, it is the problem here, but not the one I'm referring to. Real Cases of Shadow People is one hour and 47 minutes long. And you feel every second of it. So much of this movie is just spent with the three main characters, the titular Sarah McCormick and her two friends, the, the sound guy and the video guy, I don't remember their names, Kyle and Steven, I think, as they decide to work on a documentary about shadow people. A perfectly good idea for this sort of movie. And I actually really like how it is uh, separated among the three characters that you have the on-screen talent in Sarah. And you have the sound guy, and you have the guy behind the camera. Division of Labor makes perfect sense for this sort of story. And it really works. You have the various issues of sound and video and, and you know, talking in front of the camera. And a lot of that is really smartly done. If there's something wrong with the sound, they go to the sound guy. Obviously. It's something that just isn't done as much as it should be in these in these sorts of movies. And all of that's fine. The main setup is fine. The problem comes from this version of this kind of story really homes in on the idea of this trio has gone missing and these tapes have been found and we're going to show them to you. Now, the majority of found footage movies play out in such a way that you feel there has been some editing done at some point where someone took the tapes, took the time to go through them, and has cut to the most interesting bits. <laughs> but then there's real cases of shadow people, the Sarah McCormick story. This movie takes their found videotapes and makes you feel like someone just put them in a machine, hit play, and walked away. Because you feel every excruciating minute of footage these people filmed. The majority of the movie is spent riding in the car with this trio as they talk about anything and everything. Which, in and of itself, the idea of your three main characters driving around to go from interview to interview 
and they're talking amongst themselves to establish their characters and personalities, that's a fine idea. But like I said, this movie does not know when to stop. I do not need to see 10 minutes of bullshitting in between interviews of driving around with three people talking about next to nothing. I wouldn't even mind if they did just a little of it. I can handle the first... I'll be generous. The first 20 minutes of the movie, your characters are just bullshitting. That's fine. That's normal. It's a good way to introduce who they are and get their personalities out on screen. But to come back after the first interview and continue the 10 minutes of pointless nonsense and basically do this for the entire runtime of the movie, it, it, it's just too much. It really is. Um, and the sad part of it is the interviews are actually pretty decent. They're nicely set up. The, they talk about the general stuff you expect to see in, in a Shadow People movie. And right out of the gate with the first interview, there's some weird audio glitching. There's some humming or voices that they hear in the background. And it starts off the really creepy vibe. And at this point in the movie, I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, I can get into this. And it's immediately ripped away from me as they get back in the car and drive for another 10 minutes. The vast majority of this movie, up until, say, the final 20-30 minutes, is 10 minutes of driving, 2 minutes of interview, 10 minutes of driving, 2 minutes of interview, and the balance. That's what it is. The balance is all wrong. You can even have the, the pointless bullshitting scenes in between the interviews just show way less of it and show more of the interviews. Because like I said, when they're talking about shadow people and there's weird shit going on, that's when this movie actually works. I will give it that. It has solid chunks where they're talking about shadow people and the audio glitches, the, the video glitches. It works. And there's even one standout interview about... Mm, an hour into the movie, where they run into your typical supremely paranoid guy who has this this video of a shadow person that he talks up about and how people that find out about the shadow people end up dead. And he, he's going to delete the video. And he's only going to show them the video once and he's going to immediately delete it. And it's this great sort of standoff of will he or won't he and... It's a pretty solid scene with some good acting, and he really gives off that, that paranoid vibe. The only downfall is, they don't show the audience the video, which is part of his condition, to be sure, so it works on that level. But to have all this build-up, and then have everyone's, oh my god, reaction, when there's so much little else in this movie, it just comes off as hollow. And so, yeah, it's a really long slog, up until... That final 20 or 30 minutes or so. They come up to this one person who uh, uh, had encounters with shadow people when they were a kid. And um, their brother went missing and uh, either one or both of her parents went missing. And it traumatized her. She left the house and this house has been left abandoned for the last 10, 15, 20 years, somewhere in that time frame. A really long time. So it, again, it sets up that really solid atmosphere of 
this is a bad place. We're going to check it out. We want to see, you know, they do it under the guise of we're going to get some B-roll of the house to put into the interview, but they discover the doors open and they decide that it would be a real missed opportunity if they don't go inside and do some extra filming. And they make the horrible but understandable in this situation decision to spend the night. Which, while it does have that air of the typical people in a horror movie making really bad decisions, when you're trying to make a documentary, I can get behind the idea of that that needling voice being like, you gotta go the extra mile, you gotta, you gotta go for the story. So I can totally buy into them setting up in this house. Which they do, and while the next chunk in the house, as night falls does get back into the sitting around and bullshitting for another 10 minutes mode this movie likes to go into, it at least continues to have some nice atmosphere because it is a nicely abandoned house and there is a bit more weird stuff affecting the characters directly. Plus, it it leaked with the sitting around talking portion of this stage of the movie They're largely still talking about shadow people, and we find out that Sarah had a traumatic event in her past, which has nothing to do with the shadow people, but is still an effective moment in her character arc, and does kind of explain a lot of why she's been doing what she's been doing throughout the movie. And then there's the last, ooh, two minutes of the film, in which I... Do I want to admit this? You know what? Yeah, I'll admit it. Because of my shadow people issues, once the shadow people actually and inevitably do come for our trio, because we already know they're missing, it did indeed raise my hackles and I had to nope my way out of this movie for a bit, close my eyes, and I went back and rewatched the last few minutes because all I got was panicked sounds in my ears uh, the following morning when it was daylight out. But... It actually really works really well when the shadow people come for them because you've had those few moments throughout the movie. Um, And you get a few great glimpses of arms reaching out of the shadows as our cast members literally disappear into the shadows. It's honestly very well done. And I can forgive a slow, long movie if the build-up leads to a good payoff. And while the payoff here is pretty solid, it's not worth the journey to get there. It really isn't. Uh, if the movie had been about 20-30 minutes shorter, yeah, maybe this would have been an okay watch. Or if the payoff had been a little bigger, a little better, again, could have been worth the long journey to get there. But there's still a problem here, because the movie sets up a whole lot of questions, a whole lot of mythology, And there's really no payoff beside, and then our lead characters disappear. So, like, the weird whispers they set up at one point. The weird video glitches. They kind of imply in some of the interviews that the shadow people want something. There are tiny hints that, if you want to read it one way, that uh, once you let the shadow people in, they're coming to get you. And it kind of keeps building with the paranoid guy because, you know, you gotta stop talking about them or they're gonna come and get you. Which 
is one way that they do kind of pay off, but again, why are we suddenly hearing the voices? Uh, why with the video we don't get to see that the paranoid guy shows them? Why is the, the person in that video walking along a ledge, why does a shadow person suddenly appear and then disappear? There's also a, a bit of an implication of don't talk about them. There's kind of two reads on it. Either if you keep talking about them, they're going to come get you because you've let them in, or stop talking about them because they're going to come and get you. To make you stop to to hide the secret, which it doesn't really... It's a lot of setup, a lot of questions are asked with just no real payoff. Which, again, is the found footage problem in a lot of cases. And I don't really know how you solve that problem with this movie. What satisfying answers can you give to the idea of a shadow person conspiracy where they take you out if you keep talking about them to hide their secret. I don't know. <laughs> I only review the movies. I don't write them. Which, that's pretty much the end of Real Cases of Shadow People, the Sarah McCormick story. I've really got nothing more to say. This movie didn't really have a lot to say, even though it talks a lot. If it had been shorter, maybe. If you want to sit down and watch and, and have your finger on that skip button to check out the interviews, you could do worse, but you can do better with less interaction on your part. Yeah, I, I can't say you should see this movie. I, I'm saying steer clear of this one. It's long, it's slow, it it's talky with not a lot of payoff. It's just really meh all around. Uh, yeah, stay away from real cases of shadow people, the Sarah McCormick story. That's gonna be a wrap on the first episode of Blood Droplets. <sighs> this is a new version of the show. I don't know how to wrap this stuff up yet. So, uh, I'm just gonna try to wing this and, and I'll probably forget stuff, but... Uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening to this, the inaugural episode of Blood Droplets. I'm hoping to do these once a week, but you know me and promises at this point, right? In a perfect world, I would like to do this once a week with a full-blown bloodstream once a month, because I still got like three episodes in the hopper ready to edit and go and get out to y'all at some point. So, finger crossed, I can get into a more of a groove. I really look forward to sitting down and doing these shorter, more off-the-top-of-my-head episodes, because this is a lot easier format to do, and Tubi will keep me fed in movies for... The rest of my life. So yeah, once again, thanks for listening to the first episode of Blood Droplets. I'm just going to throw it into the regular feed. You can find the show in all the normal places you can find podcasts. Uh, I haven't done this in so long. I don't remember where all the, the different services that it's on. So shouldn't be too hard to find on your service. Uh, just search for the Bloodstream. We're the podcast that is not about medicine. If you look for it and can't find it, let me know, either at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash thebloodstream, I think. <laughs> like I said, it's been a while, um, and I really should have opened notes for this. Or you can shoot me an email at phoenix, F-O-E-N-I-X, at gmail.com. Take care, and remember, life is but a dream. That's a conclusion. <laughs>
lonely herd. A lot. 